Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Hello again, Pats, Pals, and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI-FM, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. Today, we got a two-man rotation, a two-man groove, a dynamic duo, if ever there were. Your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, a long time. A long time. Nice job there, pal. Alongside <laughs> primetime, shime time himself, Chris Scheim from the WEEI, Greg Hill Morning Show. What up, Scheim? What's up, Fitzy? We're the only duo that's better than the Patriots running backs. <laughs> okay, if you were one of the two, I mean, I would obviously be Damian Harris because I'm pretty much like a, a one-cut straight-up field guy, whereas I feel like you've got I'm Mondre. You are yeah, Mondre. I'm Mondre. I got a little bit of beef to me, but I know how to, <laughs> me- I know how to mosey. You know what I mean? I know you know how to mosey. I know you how to get your swerve on. As and Wiggy I know... would say, I can beat guys with my wiggle. <laughs> Might be the truest thing. And the first time Wiggy said something factual to this day. On today's show, we got a nice little 4th of July weekend special for you. We're going to continue with our positional breakdowns. Today, it's going to be a very special episode of Six Rings because we'll be talking about special teams. Whoop, whoop. And then we're going to cut straight to a, shall we say, value-sized edition 
of Pat's Potpourri with a flurry, a plethora, of Vegas casino buffet of news, notes, and nuggets from around the wide world of Pat's Nation and the National Football League. Shine, let's begin today with this positional breakdown. We're talking special teams. Instead of saving it for the end, as they do in the comedy world, and here's the kicker, we'll start right off with the kicker himself. Probably, I would say, inarguably, the strength of special teams. You know what? Hold on a second. Pull back. Zoom the Dial drone up. Dial it back. Let's go 10,000 feet here. Okay. Let's talk about the 2021 special teams. I would love And to. what our expectations are of the 2022 special teams because of all the different positional groups that we're in need of fixing that were usually strengths of the New England Patriots. One might be able to posit, if not argue, that special teams were a little sub-pot last season and are in need of a fixing. So as we head into the season, two and a quarter months away or so from kickoff, chime time. How are you feeling about the Patriots special teams and where do you see them improving most this season? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a little apprehensive because last year was a kind of an outlier in the fact that, that the special teams is horrendous. What you have three blocked punts, like a couple just barely got them offs. Some key penalties. Is that a stat, by the way? I know block punt no, is officially a but, stat. It just got them off. Absolutely. Let's see if we can contact the people at either Spotrack or Next Gen or Football .com. Outsiders. Yeah, football. <laughs> Aaron Schatz, are you listening? Can we make just got them off? <laughs> but like, it's it was concerning last year, and that's why when, when originally when I heard Joe Judge was coming back, I'm like, oh, awesome! You can kind of push Cam Accord out and, and slide Joe Judge back in, a guy that I kind of trust to take care of the special teams uh, and make they were them good when he was there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They were a top ten in in special teams DVOA basically year in and year out, and you never had to worry about them. They were never going to make stupid mistakes. And, and then you saw last year, and it's like, what the hell are we doing? One one of the things that was such a a mainstay of the Patriots dynasty was their consistency year in and year out on special teams. And it's not that special teams scores you a lot of points, but ultimately it helps it so that you're not just giving points to the other team, right? You're not just making mistake after mistake. And, and so that's what I want to see this year. I want to see mistake free football. I don't, they don't need to be like a top five DVOA on special teams. I just need like average to above average. Like it feels like the Chargers, you saw the Chargers two years ago were dead last in special teams under Anthony Lynn. They were horrendous. The 2020 like the Chargers were legendarily, legendarily bad. As a matter of fact, the I Patriots remember when both of us to them. Yeah, they did. That was one of the reasons why they just absolutely ass kicked them and, and they they shut them out. They sh gave them the old schneid. It was 45 nothing. And that's what yep. made everybody start thinking like, hey, maybe these Cam Newton Patriots can follow that path to the postseason. I remember when we, and then of course we learned quite differently four days later in the same stadium on a Thursday night against the Rams. But I remember when we were both active participants in the midday program that we played the Anthony Lynn drop of him I'm answering sure. in, a, uh, in a post game press conference as to why the special teams were so bad. I'm not sure. And if anything secured his dismissal, that, that was it. And of course, then they bring in somebody else who overplays the stats in the next gen numbers, uh, the, the next the next season in San Diego or rather, excuse me, Los Diego, as I like to call them. But be that as it may, that is neither here nor there for our discussion here. Those Chargers were legendarily bad for years. They had good, good field goal kickers that were never clutch. And that was a problem. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people believe the Chargers could never get over the hump. But with the Patriots, you could always chalk up quality special teams 
good kickoffs like Guskowski nailing the coffin corner two yard line kickoff. These things that would shave off three yards, five yards, four yards, seven yards in the field of position Those matter. Game. It's a game always of mattered. Like it legitimately it literally is. is. Yes, these things mattered for so long. As a matter of fact, one of the better things that Guskowski did during his almost 15 year run is the place kicker on the Patriots. Now, last year we see. Aside from Nick Folk, who is one of the greater constants in all of professional sports, let alone the NFL and on the Patriots, we see, as you said, a bottoming out in many areas on special teams. In 2020, Gunnar Olszewski, all-pro punt returner, averaging almost 17 and a half yards, an all-pro. He got the award. His name will be remembered forever, aside from just being some dude from Bemidji State and a dude named Gunnar who played for the Patriots. Last year, his return game went out the door. Just disappeared. completely disappeared. Garb, it was trash last year. The Patriots had no dynamics to the return game. I don't know if it was the blocking, if it was the scheming, whatever it was. You had the aforementioned three blocked punts, which might be of all the things that happened to the 2021 Patriots, the greatest of all head scratchers. Because while we're all still left wondering how come Matt Judon had no gas left in the tank? Why couldn't the Patriots win a game against a quality opponent after Thanksgiving? Where did everything on that team go? I'll never be able to understand how Gunner couldn't return kicks anymore, how they got three punts blocked in a season. Insane. Some of it, some may say, had to do with potentially an injury that Jake Bailey was well, not hiding, but kind of nursing because his game was off. Yet his his yards per his net yards last year only went down a little bit from 2020 when he had an excellent season. Of course, he a previous uh pro bowler as well. It, it 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 was strange that they faltered all across the board. And of course, don't even get me started on the false starts and all the penalties that plagued yeah. the team in general, let alone on special teams. Now, Cam Accord, who I believe uh, was in his third year, was third uh, enters his third year as special teams coordinator this year, following Joe Judge's two year hiatus as the HC of the NYG, remains the uh, special teams coordinator for the Patriots. I think everyone under the sun thought he was going to get replaced, like you said, either by Joe Judge or someone else. I thought he was going to to the curb immediately. Ha- had to. You had to have a patsy, had to have a fall guy. Somebody had to take the knock, and yet he returns this year. Do you think it's because Bill Belichick blames himself? Do you think he blames injuries? Why do you th- What is the general thinking as to why the Patriots, who were so who are so buttoned up, so fastidiously prepared, so in charge of things like not fumbling, not getting kicks blocked. You you mentioned earlier that special teams really isn't a big points game, but it's a sort of point prevention game at times. I would argue that special teams, if anything, needs to be an area where the Patriots cannot afford to falter because you need every field goal because they're, they weren't great at touchdown conversions last year. And on top of it, you can't be giving other teams the ball 50 yards closer because you get a punt blocked, let alone allowing the Colts to just get a freebie on you because you forget to pick up somebody on punt block assignment. So how do you think this has been handled and addressed this year? Uh, I don't necessarily love it. Like it's Nick Folk is great. And Mm -hmm. and I think that when we talk about this, I think it has to be mentioned that the guys like Nick Folk and Matthew Slater are not the, the root cause of the issue here. It's more so the fundamentals of the other guys that are those fringe roster guys that find themselves on special teams. And it's, um, it's concerning that it's still the same guy in Cam Accord that's taking care of this. Uh, you know, it, maybe for Belichick, it's because he's young and he wants him to grow into it. He, he is 
basically just a Patriots guy. I think his only other experience mm-hmm. prior to that was like Southwest Mississippi Community College or some ridiculous thing like that. Powerhouse school. Power yes, five. Exactly. So uh so, so I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick just sees him as young and last year was a developmental year for Cam Accord himself, and that this year will be better and it's kind of more a determining year for Cam's future with the organization. Um, but I am I, I'm still nervous that it's like I didn't see anything from this guy that proved to me that it was going to be any different. Um, and so outside of Nick full banging field goals left and right uh, and Matt Slater being the best gunner in football, I I don't know what to expect from this special teams. Okay. Now here's an interesting little nugget that I just pulled up in uh, my preparatories for our positional breakdown of special teams here on six ring shine time. Are you ready for this right now? I'm at lineups.com. Okay. They have an NFL special teams 2002 rankings chart. The number one special teams okay. team from last year. This is what this is fascinating to me. Okay. Yep. At the end of the year last year, the number one ranked special teams unit was the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Correct. Every year. Yes. Year Every in year. and year out. And it's because John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. Correct. But continue. Where would you think you would find as we sit here harping on the three blocked punts, uh, the regression of Gunnar Olszewski to the point where Bill Belichick was fine with him leaving, replacing him as sometimes kickoff returner, full-time punt returner. Ghana the runner signs the two-year $4.2 million deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, good luck. God bless. Glad you got paid. You and the truck and the dog and everyone and the chickens in the farm and whatever else can go <laughs> make your way to Yinsburg. God bless and good luck, Ghana. Where would you think you would find your 2021-22 New England Patriots ranked as a unit, special teams-wise. Is it 23rd? Uh, if we're going to play it Price is Right style, uh, lower. Uh, 18. Lower. 12? Lower. Really? 7? <laughs> really? Lower. What are they, like, 4? Boom! Boom goes the shinamite. That's right. Would you believe the Patriots I, I, were the four, ready for this? What metric though? Okay, here's so it's it's field goal percentage, field goals attempted, field goals made, extra points attempted, extra points made, um, opposing punts, opposing punt return yards, opposing kickoff return yards, opposing kick return yards, punt returns, uh, punt like all these different statisticals for uh, compiling a special teams ranking. And the Patriots, surprisingly, uh, were incredibly good in so many areas in terms of stats, not the blocks. Now, punt blocks is not factored into this. Um, so obviously that kind of knocks them down several pegs for you and I. But in terms of, you know, uh, extra points made, extra points attempted, field goals. Well, what I'm kind of saying here, Shine, is that Nick Folk kind of has carried the New England Patriots special teams for for at least last year if not for the last couple of years and we kind of expect the legend of big kick nick to return and keep doing big kick nick things this year the biggest problem they had last year shine and this is a shocker because they used to be so great at this and it makes me wonder like how much gas does matthew slater have left in the tank since he is you know i'm not going to say getting by on legend and reputation alone but he's not the leading special teams tackler anymore the way he has been for over a decade the Patriots were dead last in the NFL in opposing kick return 
and 30th in opposing kick return yards. So that of any area aside from punt blocks and punt uh, punt protection, if you will, is going to be an area of focus. Like the Pats gave up so, way more yards on kick returns last year than they had in a long, long, long time. This could be why you saw them bring in, in addition to the safeties that they're going to need for their new flex hybrid defense, why you saw them bring in a lot of short, speedy cornerbacks, faster linebackers. There's going to be, I, I believe, a camp-wide emphasis put on controlling kickoff returns and kickoff return yardage in addition to punt protection. Yeah, so I, I think you have to, right? Like, uh, I think our kick return, punt return game, outside of that one gunner year, has not been good for a, a while. And I think that needs to improve. But just for reference otherwise, like I know you had the the rankings that you saw where they're four. According to Football Outsiders, which we just mentioned, their DVOA stat, um, New England is 18th which is exactly what I thought in that. That's exactly where they seem to belong to me. Yeah, this one, just this one below struck average. me as a little high. Yeah, just a little yeah. below average, which in Patriots terms over the Belichickian is years bad. is ghastly. Yeah, like they are, like, like I said, they are top 10 in DVOA every single year. They need to get back to that. If they can get back into that top 10 DVOA, the special teams doesn't become an issue, and Nick Folk continues to bang home field goals left and right, and that's what you need. You need him to continue to have a high percentage of conversion rate because – and, and, and to Bill Belichick's credit, I think he's done a really good job of that over his tenure, right? You had Adam Vinatieri, relatively mm -hmm. high field goal percentage. Uh, Steven Guskowski, even when Guskowski got hurt, when we have Shane Graham, was right. he, he has like one of the all-time best uh, field goal percentages. Granted, he's not banging them from 50-plus, but anything inside of that is almost automatic, which is exactly what Belichick wants. He wants it automatic inside of 50 yards. That's his goal. And if you can do that, it allows you to stay in games that you're not necessarily going to stay in. And I think that's the advantage of special teams. They say it's a three-phase game. Mm -hmm. It's really more so like two and a half phases. Um, but that's the one part of special teams that is important. And so I think they need to focus on good field position and, and converting on those field goals a lot. And I think ultimately that will lead to the Patriots being able to at least compete in some games that, normally you may not see them competing in or 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 make them give them the opportunity to win games that feel like they shouldn't be able to win exactly and i think we can probably bank on nick folk having another nick folk season like we said earlier we can yep. we can bank on him being uh you know over 85% almost 90% from his field goals the man is it, nothing if nothing but automatic from inside 50 is his inside 50 yard streak still alive i believe it is I don't know. That's a good I, question. I'm I not don't sure. Think he, I don't think I don't think that that has come to an unceremonious end. I know at one point it was up near almost 40 consecutive kicks inside 50 yards, of course. Had a couple of game winners from 50 in 2020. Last year, of course, there yep. was the clang and the 56-yarder against Tampa, but it was oh so close. What a legend he almost became beyond that. Let's bank on Nick Folk doing Nick Folk things. There'll be no challenge to his throne. The safety net behind him now has changed as uh, veteran Tristan Vizcaino, Tristan Vizcaino was brought in and uh, Iron That's Leg impressive. himself, Tristan Vizcaino, now batting Vizcaino. Quinn Nordine was released into the wild this offseason. It is Nick Folk's job. He is the MV, he is the, likely the MVP of the team, or at least has been the past two seasons. Our pal Andy Hart had him as number two on his ranking of Patriots one through 87 in terms of value accomplishment wild, and performance which is disagree. nuts it's kind of almost hard to disagree but at the same time he's the kicker but mm -hmm. at the same time he, the no one else is big kick nick 
True. So let's say he locks it up this year like he always does. Let's say there is a Belichickian emphasis on kickoff return and punt protection, uh, shaving those three to seven yards off that they seem to seed last year as special teams got older. Matthew Slater likely in his final season. How do we feel? I'm not even going to do it. Oh, yeah. So let's say now we need new returners. We need a new kickoff returner. We need a new punt returner. That's an area where the Patriots, as they told us many a time in the offseason, Shime, they were looking to get more explosive, faster, and dynamic. They're looking to add speed on defense. It seems they have. We'll see how well coordinated they are in terms of getting to their spots and making their tackles this season. Same thing on offense. Added Tyquan Thornton. They bring in Devontae Parker. Ramondre Stevenson expected to make a leap. What? Who do you think is going to grab the kickoff return job and the punt return job? Because right now it seems we've got a variety of people back there, including rookie third rounder Marcus Jones, cornerback, return man specialist who scored a touchdown four different ways in college out of University of Houston. And Ty Montgomery could be in the equation. And he might he might present surprising value to this team, especially if James White is physically unable to start the season or, you know, God forbid, isn't even a member of the Patriots because that hip injury is too bad. Yeah, I, I think I'm more so expected than Ty Montgomery. I don't really, I think Ty Montgomery, to be honest, is like borderline cuttable, I feel like, towards the end of preseason. But the Joneses, the two of them, not just Marcus, I, I think Jack Jones may play a Jack role in as well. Because I think Andy Hart was the one who even mentioned to us that, they had Jack Jones fielding punts in mm-hmm. one of the first voluntary mini camps, especially for rookies. And so to me, that indicates, okay, they, they believe both of those guys um, are able to create with the ball in their hands, even though they play corner. So there's a chance that they get either rotated or split the duties on kickoff and punt return. And I think those are the two guys, in my opinion, that seem like the best fits as of right now. I would lean Marcus Jones just because, it's more so what he was known for in college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I mean, some people like made it Devin Hester-esque and I would never go so far as to compare Ooh. him to oh. the greatest returner of all time. I praise. But, yeah. But uh, just the fact that he is a, a, an exciting returner, I think could add a whole nother aspect to that special teams. Yeah. See, I think Jack Jones, who I wrote about for the Sunday seven at WEI.com last week, the Jack Jones cornerback buzz has been building and look, he's going to get cooked. He's going to get, Left behind, he'll, the, his burnt shadow will be out there on the practice field and like yeah, on there an NFL field. But there's a spark, and guys like Andy Hart, uh, other other beat writers and follows our pal Kyrie Thompson from WEI.com have described him as sticky, twitchy, dynamic, natural, fluid, explosive. These are all the things that you want out of a 5'11", 170 pound, 175 pounds if he's carrying two Harry Potter books and a sleeve and nickels in his pocket, like he is a slight feller. He is yep. a wee fella, especially by the larger sort of Patrick Sertain, the second uh, shutdown cornerback size and mold. I want him playing corner and earning his way into being a 85 to a, you know, 87% JC Jackson replacement, uh, maybe by season's end. Marcus Jones, however, I would not mind seeing them flex him around all sides and all possibilities of the formation because yep. if our guy there could score a touchdown on an interception, on a kickoff return, a punt return, and as a wide receiver in college, it's that kind of dynamic playmaking ability, the ability to create in space that we did not see from the return game. For some reason, Gunner just thought last year, like, if I'll get the ball and I, and I go as fast as I can that way, 
um, then something's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to put the fear of God in your family and 68,000 people at the stadium because we all thought he was going to explode half the season when he got tackled last year. Now yeah. I need that twitch with and that shit. Exa- with reckless abandon, right. Like he was like he was trying to break down a brick wall or like he was running into a burning building thinking he was never actually going to come out of it. So now let's see Marcus Jones as that guy with some returnability. I don't think J.J. Taylor is long for the Patriots, let alone the return game. I don't think he's Deion Lewis, part two, electric boogaloo. And I don't want to see any other receivers at returner. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Meyer, unless we're fielding punts just for fair catch. Like I, we saw how the return game, as great as Edelman was years ago, affected his long-term playing ability. We saw what happened when we had any promise or potential of Mohamed Sanu contributing to the 2019 Patriots. He goes back to field a punt in Philadelphia, gets his ankle turned around from Philadelphia, pointing back north on 95 towards Boston. He's never the same the rest of the season. Give me a consistent guy whose job is to try to cre- get yards, create space, and maybe score the ball in the return game. I think that's where Marcus Jones uh, can be of great value. So, Shime, we're looking at the 2022 Patriots. They have played the season. It is over. It is January. Where do you see them ranked special teams wise as we wrap this segment up? I'm gonna I'm gonna say 11. I think uh, they are better than last year, DVOA wise, right around that 11, 12 area. I think they're better than last year, but not as good as we'd hope they'd be. I see them finishing somewhere between 9 and 12 as well. Jake Bailey apparently has been blasting the punts. He's holding off any sort of competition that mm-hmm. uh, he could get from Jake, from Julian, Jake Julian or other punters that could possibly come in. King hey. Julian. King Julian. King Julius. Emperor Julian. The Andy Hart said he was blasting punts. He looked like he was back to form in OTAs and mandatory veteran minicamp as well. Uh, they didn't go for Matt Areza, the punt god. He's now up in Buffalo. Uh, opportunity. Jake, Jake Bailey told me, well, Jake Bailey told me that uh, when I saw, this is not the David Andrews story, but when I had a quick chance to speak with Jake Bailey at the Joe Andrews golf tournament, Jake Bailey told me, yeah, all the punters are basically friends. Like there's, there's almost like a punt club. You know, I host the beer show pint club, like punt club is kind of our good friends. Um, they didn't go to the same Wait, Did Jake Bailey go to San Diego state? I don't think so. I need, now that's something I apologize, listeners to Six Rings. I apologize that I uh, don't Jake know. Bailey was Stanford, right? Stanford, yes. Yeah. Okay, so they were both they're Pac-12 pals. Got it. So, a uh, uh, serious question: Can you name five other punters in football? I saw Marquette King is retiring. I think so. There goes one I could name. Um, what's the name of the Scottish Hammer? The dude that kicked the holy crap out of the ball in Cleveland. Jamie something or other. Yep. There's that guy. I know the guy, the Rams punter, Johnny Hecker. I know. Well, him. I think he's the former punter for the Rams now. Is he not the punter for the Rams anymore? I don't think he is. Wow. We're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of improvised Googling here at the tail. Oh, end no, of our... Johnny Hecker's to the Panthers. Still a See? punter. St- that still people thought league. that maybe Belichick would have to even bid farewell to a younger uh, punting option in Jake Bailey, who's due close to 4 million this year because of his love affair that he's had offering like 5,000 word replies at random Friday pressers to Johnny Hecker. Well, obviously, you know that if anything, Belichick loves him, the New York giants, Lawrence Taylor, lacrosse and special teams. Yep. Uh, you got Johnny Hecker, Jake Bailey, Matt Areza. All right. We got Ooh, three. Uh, fat Percy Harvin, Presley Harvin for the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. I don't even know if I can name another punter aside from a in the AFC East. 
I have and, no um, idea. Seattle's punter Dixon, I think, is his name. I, I need like, to find it. I I need to know. I need to know if Cleveland punter. Let's see what mm. happens. That could possibly yield a gross reply on. <laughs> okay, here you go. You got uh, well, Matt Rising went to the Bills, so I mean he's never going to punt, so that's fine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, your kicker in Kansas City, Dustin Colquitt. Everybody. Oh, Dustin. he has a brother, Brandon. Does Brandon also still play? That's right. Brandon Br- retired. Britain. Britain, Britain Colquitt is, is the punter. Britain is the punter Britain. for Britain. Britain, come get your supper. Britain Colquitt, the punter for the, the Broncos? Denver Broncos. That's yep, right. Okay. Oh, look uh, at this. And the Cleveland Browns. Guess who's punting for the Browns this year? Who? Ready for this? The Cleveland Browns signed. Uh, who is that? Is that Corey? Uh, remember the old uh, the old punter for the uh, Patriots was it Corey. Um, Corey, uh, you know, good old Corey. What's his face? Corey. Uh, nope. Nothing. Come on. The only other you know punter for the talking. Patriots I can think of is Zoltan Mesco. Zoltan Mesco. Everybody. Corey Bjorkes. Remember him? Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, Co- yeah. Is it Cody Bjorkes? Is it Corey? Uh, it is actually Corey. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. How about that? I still can't, I can't. I, oh, Jamie Gillen was the name of the punter. Uh, oh, I think he's now, right. Oh, look at that. Jamie Gillen is now punting for you. Ready for this? He's the punter for the New York giants. Yeah. The guy's like ripped has like long rock star hair. Oh uh, yeah. 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 yeah I know exactly. Absolutely kicks nice. the crap out of the ball. Yeah. There you yeah. go. All right. Good. Thanks well, for playing another exciting round of, uh, and those are punters. <laughs> AKA punters, punters have feelings too. too. Punters are people too. <laughs> punters are people too. All right. So we believe the Patriots will look to improve upon their special teams units in all three phases of the third phase of the professional football game. Shime says 11th. I'm saying somewhere between nine to 12, likely around 10. Another year for Nick Folk, big year for Nick Folk. Patriots will probably move the ball more. And if Nick Folks, stats suffer this season, Shime. I'm calling it now. It's not because he ageified or old manned in front of us. Rather, the Patriots convert more threes into sevens and take it into the six-point house more often, and that would be a beautiful thing. Okay. Thanks very much for listening to this edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. If you have a question you would like to ask us or you want to get a shout out, got something random going on, maybe we'll talk about it here on the pod. You can shoot us an email, Six Rings Pod. That's the number six, Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. Give us a follow, why don't you, as well, on the tweet machine at Six Rings Pod, again, with the number six. And of course, you can give us a follow, chirp at us, clap back at us, quote tweet us, or hit us up with a question, comment, or concern anytime at Shime Time. And at Fitzy GFY. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The second and final segment here on the 4th of July weekend 2022 edition of the Six Rings Pod with Fitzy and Shima. Andy Hart still on vacation somewhere in Botaritaville, clutching a Miller Lite angrily with his big tiny hands. Andy's on vacation. He'll rejoin us in about two weeks' time. Our second segment here rolls on. We're just going to do a big old 4th of July weekend Pat's Potpourri, a little bit of everything else going on in the wide world of Pat's Nation. Shine, we begin with this one. This was published just before the time we recorded the pod. You brought it to my attention. Uh, We talk about the New England Patriots 2022 as being a potentially good but not great team, or so many people believe. And some folks see the roster as the potential uh, Achilles, if you will, of the team or deficiency. Some say it's the coaching below Bill Belichick, especially with no named defensive or offensive coordinator that will likely lead to either the team's demise or inability to keep up in a turbocharged AFC. Well, ESPN, ESPN, the entirely sick persons network on their paywall plus side, published an article ranking all 32 rosters in the NFL. And would you believe the new England Patriots again, just like you talked about their special teams unit in our special teams breakdown segment are ranked 18th overall in the NFL. They have the 18th best roster overall in the NFL. According to ESPN starts with Buffalo. And then of course we got uh, Tampa Bay, got Tampa Bay down there. The chargers coming in at number three. Good. People are high on the chargers, man. They're very high, high, high on the chargers. Wow. How about that? Uh, Got the Ramajamas at four or five or the backpackers. Uh, and then you skip through Browns at six. Oh, come stop it. The Browns at six. So it's weird. I don't necessarily love this list. I don't I don't um, either. This there's is some teams list. ahead of the Patriots. I think they might be better than like, I think their roster is probably, probably as good as, or better than the Washington commanders personally, who um, finish ahead of them at 17 pats at 18. How about that? Yeah. But then again, I also feel like the Vegas Raiders have a better roster than you. And they're all the way down at 21. So it, Mm. I, I guess I need to go back and understand exactly how they're weighting this. Like every player has a grade and, and blah, 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 but you should be, it should be weighted based on quarterback and, and then like positions should have certain weights to them. I feel like, and mm-hmm. that to me would indicate a better roster. Um, I think the Patriots are in the general vicinity of where they should be. Right. I think they're probably in that 16 to 19 range in my opinion when it comes to full complete roster this is not mm-hmm. one specific position mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just overall roster it's also it again patriots fans not taking into account the fact you have bill belichick so in my opinion you're probably somewhere in that 16 to 19 range so 18 is an awful um i guess it's just the list seems a little weird to me just some of the placement of, of teams um overall they do indicate though it's funny they say your biggest strength is your safety group. Mm-hmm. Hello. We said that earlier. Uh, or at least I, I deemed that the case. I think we all believe the Patriots safety room may be of all the 11 different uh, positional groups on the team. The strongest point 
on the Patriots, McCourty, Phillips, Duggar, Peppers, like that's rock solid right there. But the and biggest weakness, the weakness is right there next to them, dude. Yeah, the cornerbacks. And so instead of just lumping them both together and saying, eh, it's an average D-back group, they literally split them up. It's like safeties are really good, corners are really bad, which is true. Your cornerbacks are going to be starting Jalen Mills, Terrence Mitchell, Malcolm Butler. That should not be the case. See my Jack Jones rant or my Jack Jones plea from segment number one as to why the Patriots need to use him more in the secondary and not stretch his slight frame in his rookie season by potentially returning punts or kicks. Says ESPN Plus right here on that biggest weakness. The talent doesn't line up with what New England has done on defense in recent years, including last season when it ranked second in cover one rate. It doesn't require much imagination to see the cornerback group getting exposed in a man-heavy scheme that could force the Patriots into a lot of zone in 2022. That's exactly what we've been saying for months now, and that's where the safeties come in to cover up for the lack of quality cornerback. Unfortunately, though, uh, when you're facing a good quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, they are going to light up zone coverages. That's, I think, the biggest question mark, right, is is because of the lack of mm-hmm. cornerback talent and the and forcing you to play more zone coverage, you could easily be getting torched in some games. Now, Fitzy, I have a question for you. They deem the biggest X possible X factor for the mm-hmm. New England Patriots is one Janu Smith. Stop are it. you buying that? That's enough of that. That's an I've no, he is not allowed. He, because if he does what he did last year, why is he the biggest sex factor? Because if he does what he did last year, that then he's they a non-factor, suck. the biggest non-factor that they're not going to suck. They're just going to march merrily along without him. So it's the not names a big deal. He had fewer yards than receiving is tremendous. They list Albert Okubunam, who's not bad in Denver, mm-hmm. Durham Smythe, That's who I have. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a no. That's either a tr- that's either a trophy or a college. And then our old colleague Dan Arnold. Oh wait, oh uh, we God. worked with Dale. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, that's he's not the biggest X factor. I, I could see why they would present that as an argument, as in like he was so bad last year that if he were to play up to his 2019 or 2020 standard from Tennessee, what a boost that would be for the Patriots offense. Okay, I get that, but to me, the biggest X factor. And our pal Kyrie Thompson outlined this both on the radio and WEI and in our last podcast when we broke down the wide receiver positional group. To me, it's Devontae Parker. Like you, okay. you could now you could say no. like, okay, it's Cameron McGrone because if he's really fast and strong and plays linebacker at a high rate, the, then linebacker, the linebackers get have limited could impact. Be Peppers could be Cole Strange. To me, the biggest X factor is Devontae Parker because if this guy stays healthy, I've set the number of games I hope he can play at fourteen. If he can take legitimate outside coverage away from the rest of the receivers, as Kyrie pointed out, that'll free up Nelson Aguilar to play in the slot more where his speed and lateral movement will be a greater asset to him and the offense. It'll take coverage away from Kendrick Bourne, who I believe is a natural born playmaker and should have the ball in his hands more this year. It'll help out Myers. It'll help the tight ends. And hell, at that point, if you've got your number one corner on Devonte Parker and we run a gadget play that frees up Tyquan Thornton to put his superhero speed to the test, it may just open the offense up that was so predictable and easy to defend with a single high coverage safety last year. So I got Devonte Parker as the biggest X factor on the Patriots this year. Would you like mine? I will. You know what? You know what I would absolutely love right now? I would love a cup of coffee and I would love a massage and I would also love your X factor on the 2022 Patriots. You're not going to believe it. Okay. I need you to, I need you to sit down. I need to make sure you're seated. It might okay. blow your socks off. Deep breath. 
I think the biggest X factor for the New England Patriots is Mac Jones. <laughs> and from this, from this I'm just glad I didn't get a D's nuts from you or something like that. <laughs> where you, I'm hitting you with that too many. Where times. you, where you emotionally pants me with something you pulled from Twitch? Okay, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's but like, easy, but so, you're not wrong. No, exactly. I, I and so, like, guy. I think you're not wrong, bro. I think for me, I look at it as what's, in my opinion, what's the one way the Patriots have success or a lot of success and that and by a lot of success i mean compete in the playoffs mm-hmm. and to me that's if mac jones makes some ridiculous leap now just because i don't necessarily see it doesn't mean i can't believe that that would be the only path like in looking at it percentage wise i don't buy it but at the same time if there is a path if there is a way for the patriots to have mal uh, like a, a, a massive amount of success this season it's because of Mac Jones. That's what it is. He is the the ultimate question mark, right? If he is better, if he is far better than last year, this team's going to be better overall. If he is the same as last year, this team is going to be slightly worse just because the wa- roster is a little worse than last year. And then if he's worse than last year, this team is putrid. So it, it, he is the ultimate question mark, which to me also means that he's the biggest X factor. The same could be said for any of the other 31 starting quarterbacks in the NFL as to whether or not they hold off 100%. the rookies in their rear, if they uh, can validate the money that's been spent on them, if they can get back to where they were last year, like a Joe Burrow and more. Can Patrick Mahomes elevate a new group of receivers as Kansas City changes their offense? Same with Aaron Rodgers, who just got a ridiculous amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, and blah. With Mac Jones, I think he will improve. They're going to ask that much more of him. I think he can handle it. I think he does improve. I think he does elevate the play of the offense as he elevates his own play, becomes a bigger star. I don't think he necessarily, I think, like I said, I'll say it again. I'll say it every time until uh, everyone in the back row hears it. John o. Smith said he's got some Louder dog in him. He's got way more ability than everyone understands or believes. Over 30 something touchdowns for Mac Jones, but he does get into that low to middle teens in terms of interceptions. And I'm okay with that. And I am perfectly fine with that because that means the Pats are efforting to score more frequently and more often this year. So I don't see him as much as an X factor because I'm a firm believer. I just don't know what you'll get out of John new, but especially Devonte Parker as well. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings. There's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Speaking of Mac Jones, Shime, do you laugh out loud? Do you at least turn your head and think momentarily? Or do you just completely dismiss 
all of this Mac Jones dark horse MVP talk because there's been more of it this week. Now, now we find out he's the number six Jersey seller in the NFL. So obviously he's popular with Pat's nation and beyond. We've seen his MVP odds go from 40 to one on FanDuel all the way to 60 to one on DraftKings. And there's just that little bit of buzz. Every time we get hit with a story like yesterday, Mac Jones, he's throwing in California with Trey Nixon and Nelson Aguilar. He doesn't have to be, but he's running his own camps. He's developing chemistry. He's putting in the time and the work. The body is good. The arm is stronger. And obviously, like you said, he's the X factor on the team. Would you give him even the like a, a, a the slightest chance of being considered? Let's say it's halfway through the season. Does he make that like, hello, it's football or good morning, we're talking sports, like top five or top 10 list of MVP candidates, let's say mid-November. Is he on your potential list of MVP candidates? No. It's it's Son a dumb, a it's, a, it's to me, it's, it's a dumb question. Like, I just don't, I, the team's not going to be good enough. You have to be, come mid-November, you have to be like a one-loss, undefeated team in, in, in a lot of scenarios, right? Um, and so I just... I think there's too many other great players that it's just, it, it would require far too big of a leap. That would be too big to ask of any player in NFL history um, to, for him to go from where he was last year to being an MVP candidate. And, and it's unfair that anyone would even put that on him regardless of that. And that's me saying that a guy who isn't a Mac Jones believer believes it's unfair for people to be putting that kind of dark horse, quote unquote pressure on a guy who is going into his second year with a new offensive coordinator. Who's never called offensive plays before. Like it's, yeah. I look at it like that, like, right. It would be one thing if he had won the rookie of the year last year mm -hmm. and he had like that already sets the bar at a certain level. He didn't do that. Right. Was he, he got into the pro bowl as an alternate. That's great. You can mm -hmm. you can ask him to be a Pro Bowl quarterback again. I think that's a fair. But ask. the gritty, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I but like me. asking, yeah. like trying to trying to suggest that this kid should or could be anywhere in the MVP race is ludicrous. It is absurd. It is asinine. There is just the NFL is jam packed with especially quarterback talent right now. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, Mac and Jones it's such is a quarterback's just, trophy too. I know it, it really is, and, and it's just. Mac Jones is not going to be as accomplished in this season. Even if he has a great season, he's not going to be as accomplished as a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. It's just the the way the Patriots play offense won't allow for him to do that. Especially like I said, in his second year with a new offensive coordinator who by the way, hasn't called plays before. So I think, I think in year three, I, I think if this was year three, I would get the buzz. I understand it because that's the year you expect your quarterback to explode and really make the jump. The I buzz just, has I, arrived I, a little early for shine time. Okay. Okay. I will allow very, that because a year early. Cause right now, if I just sort of shut my eyes and I click my heels together and I say, there's no place like Foxborough, there's no place like Foxborough <laughs> and it's the football season, but I can still return to my delightful summer on Cape Cod already in progress. I like Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, like. uh, he stinks by week 10 anyways. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like there's there's like eight, nine, 10 easy. And none of them are hyperbolic reaches like, no, they're not in any way, shape or form absurd. That's why I'm saying like maybe Mac if he bought. But Jalen Hurts, if he plays really well, considering the roster, which is now and according the rushing to ESPN, upside. Number seven and all those rushing yards and getting him AJ Brown. 
ESPN says they have the seventh best roster in the NFL now. Maybe Jalen Hurts enters the chat, at least as a potential top 10 on that good morning football list come November of MVP candidates. Yeah. So you would like if Mac Jones this year threw for 3,900, 4,000 yards, Mm -hmm. 35 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Oh my God. Awesome. You'd be, you'd be, you would, you would need new pants. But that wouldn't be good enough to get him to an MVP. No, like and it's, no, and, that, and they'll probably and that's, be that's just the nine and eight or ten and seven. Yeah, again, exactly. And that's just the absurdity of the MVP race. That's not. That's not. It's not. What about Derek Carr? Him. Derek Carr could very well. Derek Carr is your guy. You've said you'd yeah. ride him all night, all the he, time, all the time. He like Derek Carr. Now that he's got one of the four best receivers, three best receivers in football, the by best his disposal, receiver in my opinion. Okay, he, he might legitimately have a top five running back, the best receiver, and the best tight end. And now he's got a phenomenal former offensive coordinator turned head coach with a uh, with his little uh, Wunderkin, former Patriot offensive assistant, Colin Plays. Oh, and there's he a has chance Derek best- Carr might throw for and hot the best slot receiver in the yeah, NFL. They have Derek so Carr have- might be the best value at MVP this season. I, so credit to to Danny Heifetz at the Ringer. Uh, he because I heard him mention this. How the hell do you stop the Raiders on third down? They have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro, oh, all God. three of which are some of the and best. And Josh op- Jacobs. Don't sleep on – like, yeah, when that kid's healthy, they're some he's of the animal. best third-down options in all of football on one team. <laughs> it's, it's like it, – and so, and so, like I said, so it's not even that I – it's not because I dis, – it's not my, my distaste for Mac Jones that is the reason behind why I don't think he's an MVP candidate. It's just that – even if he takes a great leap, like I said, even if he throws for 35 tutties and 10 interceptions and 4,000 yards, it's just not enough. No, it's just not going to be enough. And now now you've convinced me that spending my money on Mac Jones as MVP, even if I could get it at 61 on DK, would be a waste. The real value pick could be Derek Carr. All right, last one. And no, Braxton Berrios, you are not getting any time on the six rings pod for saying that getting cut from the Patriots was the best thing that ever happened to him because yeah, he got a free year of tutelage and schooling from Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in 2018 before Belichick made the terrible decision to let him go and keep Gunnar Olszewski. I know you got an all pro season out of Gunnar, but now Berrios is the shifty slot guy that the Patriots absolutely wish that they had and his Twitch and uh, sex appeal is on display with the New York Jetropolitans on an offense that I think at times will be a handful for a few teams this year in 2022. Yeah, know how I feel about their draft. Last one, Shime. NFL.com. It's a website. They talk football. They recently just released a list of one player from each team who could potentially be a first-time Pro Bowler this season. Who do you think they selected for the New England Patriots? Damian Harris? Oh, I'm sorry. I did not inform you that an incorrect answer was execution. You are now. Uh, that's it. We I went, take death by guillotine. Thank we you. were going squid game. Got to figure that's a quick one. You don't even feel it. Even that's know. what I'm saying. Like that's if I want, you if I'm going to go. can't think about it. You literally yep. can't think about it. It's like, Oh, that looks like a big knife. Pfft, done. Game done. over. Clean, simple, easy. Yep. Uh, nope. The answer is flip the other, other side of the ball. Ooh. Uh, Malcolm Butler. All right, you really, he's already, I'm, think, I'm just taking shots in the dark here. People okay, are, oh, is, Kyle Duggar. All right. I even gave you, wow, three strikes, you're out. Third time, far First from the charm. Christian Barmore. Oh, that, okay, that makes sense, yeah. I think a lot of people, 
expect Barmore, and uh, there'll be a little nugget about him in the Sunday 7, published Sunday morning at WEI.com. I think you know how Andy Hart feels about him. A lot of football hardos and people that love them, some defense and D-line, believe that Barmore is key to any sort of growth potential uh, to stop other teams from scoring or just growth potential on the Patriots this season. Uh, yeah, man, Barmore, he seems like it's a perfect pick to me because I think uh, if we are did a too soon redraft of 2021, Mac Jones would definitely go higher in the draft. Yep. Christian Barmore would jump all the way up from 38 where the Patriots traded up to get him when he was still hanging around in the second round. I think he would end up being a top 12 pick in the 2000. Yeah, yeah he's definitely 15, a first rounder. And I mean, first rounder for sure. We even said it on draft night. I remember being on with uh, Andy and Brian Barrett talking about the pick. And I was like, that's a great pick by the Patriots. It's a guy who, at, uh, by all accounts, had a first-round grade across the board, but everybody was just like, there were questions with his attitude and like love of football and Did he blah, take blah, plays blah. off? Could he stay yeah. healthy? He only played 50% of the snaps. His senior season really but came everybody, on. Everybody the knew half. the kid was talented, and, and you're seeing it now. Like the kid in his rookie year showed that he can make an impact. And so I, I think that absolutely – like. If you redrafted that draft, you would absolutely be a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, the writer Nick Shook, Nick Shook for NFL.com said Barmore finished with a quarterback pressure rate of 9.3% to go along with 37 stops per next gen stats. He's only going to improve with time in Bill Belichick's defense. And although I could easily choose Devontae Parker, who was my X factor, Shook believes he could be a first time Pro Bowler. If he stays healthy with the Patriots, I'm digging a little deeper for a player. I'm excited about entering 2022. Interesting pick right there. Uh, I don't hate your Kyle Duggar pick. I think maybe that's who Andy Hart would say, although he may also go bar more. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. If Damian Harris is a pro bowler this season, then the Patriots offense and their running game turned it up to 11. And that means they bowled some bitches over this season. And their offense scored a lot of points. And maybe they're getting to that 10-11 win plateau, which would be a beautiful thing. All right. That'll do for this edition of Six Rings and Football Things. Two segments, two guys, one awesome pod, and one wish for you to have an amazing, healthy, happy 4th of July weekend. We will be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. Until then, take care of yourselves. Be careful with the explosives. Drink up. God bless. Eat well. This is the greatest country in the world. We have you, the greatest listeners of all time. Give us a follow at Shime Time, at FitzyGFY, and at Six Rings Pod. We'll talk to you soon. Tell your friends about the pod. And hooray, America. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.